Welcome back to The Red Carpet, the podcast where we look at how well or how terribly our favorite books have been adapted to the big screen. I'm Mad. And I'm Cass. And we're so excited you've tuned in. Today, we have an incredible special guest on the pod. Today, we have the one and only at the Bookish Farmer, Allison, the queen of our hearts. And our farms. (laughs) (laughs) This is super exciting because this is the first time we're ever like interacting with Allison not via Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like our voices. Mostly. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Which is truly the only motivation Cass and I had for making this podcast was to meet all of our friends. So <laughs> yes. Goal accomplished. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Allison, we have some questions to mm-hmm. get to know you a little <laughs> bit more for our listeners to get to know you a little bit more. And since this is a adaptation podcast, that is mostly what our questions are about. So we're going to start off with, what is your favorite book-to-screen adaptation? It's definitely Emma 2020. Mm-hmm. I like love the whimsy and the soundtrack. So good. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy is just so good. Oh, amazing. I know. Yeah. The best. <laughs> so good. Okay, so have you read, you've read Emma as well? Yeah, yeah. I haven't read and Emma and I don't, I haven't watched any of them because I don't want to. Me neither. <laughs> but actually, here's the problem. You is guys. I watched, did you guys watch the Lizzie Bennett Diaries no. on YouTube? Bits and Pieces. Bits and Pieces. Bits and okay, pieces. well, yeah. did you know that they then did a, oh, what was it called? They did an Emma one. Oh, no, I didn't. What was it called? I can't remember what it's called. I'm going to look it up. But I did watch that. So I guess I have to take all that (laughs) back because I do know what happens. But I I just have this weird thing about like movies and books where I want to watch the book first. But (laughs) read the book first. I want to read the book first. (laughs) I agree. Except Mm -hmm. I guess I watched like I am like growing up in high school was like a huge masterpiece classic fan mm-hmm. and watched the emma like four hour version like yes. over and over again before i read the book because i didn't read the book until i was like an adult mm. but um it is really good i really i really like emma it's probably i don't want to say it's like my favorite over pride and prejudice like jane austen but it it's depends on the day. Yeah, yeah it depends yeah. on the day. Yeah. I know yeah. you you are my uh BBC six hour Pride and Prejudice buddy. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> a very like very passionate about the six hour Pride and Prejudice. Oh I haven't seen it still. She I'm going to watch it oh soon. I promise. I'm oh, so I know. It's as soon so as I finished reading, I was like, I have to watch it again. Yes. Uh, I'll watch it. <laughs> Michael gets like my boyfriend Michael I don't know um <laughs> he's like always like laughing at me because I watch the six-hour version like on repeat like it yes. doesn't matter like it's no. the only I don't really we don't really watch a lot of tv but that I do watch that mm-hmm. like and I will sit down and watch I don't know a casual six hours like if it's a free Saturday <laughs> I sat down not? and I was like okay I'll watch two episodes <laughs> and then <laughs> Five hours later, I was like, how did oh this my happen? Gosh. But I yeah. had to get to my favorite scene. So Right. And then later on, you know. Yes. Yeah. When yeah. when 
when anyways yeah we'll talk about it later yeah well but here's you the thing. i own them i own the dvds of them i found them at a library book sale so i like I can watch it anytime, literally oh anytime I want, and I just happen. No but excuse. yes, I will read Emma soon. I need to read it I as promise. well. And I, I have yeah. a copy just of it. Just for the adaptations. I know. Yeah. I know I will. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's your favorite adaptation. Okay. What is your favorite just movie in general? Um, <laughs> the Mummy. Brendan Fraser. Yes. Growing up, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. And we watched it at least once a week, every week, for Aww. until I was I love probably that like so much. ten. And I went to see it in movie theaters as like a two-year-old. And my grandmother's like favorite story is that I was like, "Why would you make your granddaughter come to this movie?" Like I didn't want to go, I guess. And I was just like <laughs> guilt. <laughs> and and then I came out and we watched it once a weekend for like my entire life. So I love that. Yeah, the mummy. That's so sweet. That's actually one that. of my boyfriend Joseph's favorite movies was the mummy. And as a Twenties, what was I? Twenty six or twenty seven? I also guilt tripped him. I was like, "Why are you making me watch this movie?" <laughs> and then it was good. <laughs> yeah, right. It is so good. I yeah, hadn't watched really it good. until this year. Yeah, yeah. Core so cool memories for me. Core. And like, I, I know that. the whole thing by heart. It's probably not fun to watch it with me, but, I don't know. <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> it's not about them. Okay, what is your favorite book you've read? My favorite book is The Host by I Stephanie love, Meyer. I love you so much for this. I just have bad taste. Every all of these like <laughs> No, this book no. I will die on this hill. This book is yes. good. It is good. It is really good. It's a peek into like like the human experience. Yeah. <laughs> what does it I'm, mean to be human? Right, exactly. And like that's exactly the question this am- this book tries to answer. Yeah. I don't think Stephanie Meyer saw out, like, tried to write that, but mm-hmm. it is what she wrote in yeah. the end. So. Yeah. It's so good. I still haven't read it, guys. I'm sorry. We will be doing like- an Another one. episode for that one. <laughs> yes, and Allison will be <laughs> yes. here. Oh, she I will have be back. the strongest opinions about Oh, I can't I just remember when I posted my first uh, Instagram about like what were some of my favorite ones and you commented and I was like, no one has read or seen this movie. Like, I feel like I'm alone. So I was so excited. Yeah, I feel alone too, which is crazy because it's by Stephanie Meyer. I know. And I don't know. And she wrote it like it came out like 20, like 2008. Mm -hmm. So like right around like twilight you know yeah. people were freaking out yeah yeah so good which is why i read it but. yeah oh yeah same okay and then what is your favorite genre to read um like probably fantasy you know yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a safe yeah. space <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay and then you know as we are reading and reviewing a harry potter book to movie adaptation today what is your Hogwarts house? Where do you oh, belong? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> in like, uh, I was a poli sci major in college kind of way. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's awesome. <laughs> Have we said what houses we're in, Cass? That's a great question. I don't know, because I think this is the first time we've asked a guest on a Harry Potter episode. It just, it came to me in a moment of inspiration. 
Um, so I, I'll go first. As uh, Gryffindors want to do, I will go first. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's really predictable that I'm a Gryffindor. I feel like I just, I embrace that lifestyle. <laughs> I think mine is also quite predictable as I am a Ravenclaw. <laughs> the PhD candidate the, the PhD candidate <laughs> as a Ravenclaw. Who saw that one coming? Mm. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, well, briefly, just a little catch up. How are you doing, Cass? What's what's going on with you? I'm good. I'm good. Everything that's recently happened to me just left my brain immediately when you asked me that. So <laughs> I guess I'm good. Nothing Things are good. No, like my apartment's no longer like falling apart around me. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, I, things are good. Job's great. Tim's great. So I guess I'm good. I got nothing. I got nothing today. <laughs> How are you, Matt? I'm good. I'm just, I'm currently working on my uh, dissertation proposal. I don't know when this comes out, but I have to turn it in November 28th. So I am nose to the grindstone. This comes out like a month and a half after that. Yeah, cool. So, okay. So here it is. I am manifesting friends. This is Madison manifesting, turning it in and passing. Of course, it's editing Cass here with an update. Mad did, in fact, pass her dissertation proposal. And I just have to say that I personally am so, 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 so incredibly proud of her. And I love her. And she's the best ever. And I just need you all to know how incredible she is because she is truly the best person on the planet. I have all the faith in the world in you. That's what's happened. So, yeah, I'm just just working a lot (laughs) is is what I'm doing. Yeah, I feel like every day on Be Real, it's just like working, working. Uh, When will it end? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but. All right. Well, what's what's everyone reading right now? Allison, what are you reading? Well, I was reading this book, the um, book we're talking about today. Yes. Um, really trying to get it done. <laughs> um, but I started Icebreaker last night, which is like, I don't know. I'm dabbling in Kindle Unlimited. Yes. And um, this one, but I've seen a lot of people with copies of it. I'm on like page five, mm-hmm. so that's where I am. <laughs> Who is it by? Nice. That's a good question. I don't know. It's like a cartoon um cover like romance though. oh okay 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 i think it just oh came it's out. the hockey figure skating one yeah yeah yes. um it is by oh my gosh hannah grace yes okay okay yeah. oh okay it didn't click yeah. with me until you said that i have the i've i have that downloaded to kindle unlimited too because yeah. i've seen it going around and it looks so cute. yeah everyone is like talking about it so figured oh. it was a good little break i know my so my dad has kindle unlimited <laughs> And hi, dad, if you're listening to this, he's a preacher <laughs> and uh, most of his Kindle Unlimited is like, you know, sermon prep and religious texts and commentaries and things like that. And then I found out that he had Kindle Unlimited and I was like, oh, and so you can see a very clear departure when I started using Kindle Unlimited because now all of the suggestions are cartoon cover romances. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, it's, oh, I don't know what are titles, you know, how to love others. And then <laughs> caught so up funny. in a cowboy. I don't know. <laughs> yes. That's oh a- my gosh. We use it as like a family, well, not Kindle Limited, but like my it's under my brother's, like my younger brother's uh, email. 
So every time I know he's getting the emails of like, I married a lizard man. <laughs> like, sorry, Jake. I have to like, read. I have to read the Dragon's Bride by Katie Roberts for a book club, and I just, I, I don't know if I can do it on my dad's Kindle Unlimited. Some of them I just buy buy on Barnes and Noble. Like, you yeah. know, sometimes you just can't. You have to. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, I'm not reading anything right now. I just finished. It's called Taproot. It's a graphic novel about a gardener and a ghost. And the art was so beautiful, but I felt like when I was reading it, I was just missing pages from the story. I would like flip to the next page and I was like, how did we get here? Oh and, um, <laughs> yeah, so it was a little confusing. But again, it was like it was beautiful and it was from the library. So it was fine. But I have nice. Convenience Store Woman as my up next that I want to read. So we'll nice. see if I can stick to that. I I feel like there are like eight different things that I'm supposed to be reading right now, but I'm not reading any of them because like I have a book club with like some of my in real life friends that I do. and I haven't started that one. That's not for a little while, though. And then I was doing a reread of the Poppy War trilogy with the Backlist Fantasy Book Club on Instagram. But I immediately like did not read that. So we'll see how that goes. I read the first one, didn't read the second one. So I could be reading those, but I have not been in the mood to read like anything lately. Like I just don't want to read any of the like literal a hundred books sitting on my shelf. <laughs> but I finished um listening to the audiobook of Ninth House. I'm rereading it. I've read it before um, to get ready for the next one that comes out in like January. So that's exciting. I really liked it still the second time around. Maybe more. It was really good. The audiobook was fun. Um, and then it, coincidentally, we have Allison on this episode. And I think Allison was the one that told both of us about this book. Yep, she got me to read it. <laughs> Is that I started what? listening to the Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston. It's all good. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so I I just started it today. So um I I don't love the narrator of the audiobook, but I'm gonna stick it out because I'm I wanna read it. <laughs> and yeah, then oh so good. yeah. And then I also am sort of reading an arc right now of a fire endless by Rebecca, Rebecca Ross. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Rebecca Ross. But now I like don't want to read it because Allison just told me about the Harper Collins strike that's happening oh, right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. And it's a Harper Collins book. And I'm like, gosh. Uh, dang I mean, it. <laughs> you can you can read it and just not review it, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. Or you could yeah. review it after the strike. I'm yeah. sure yeah. like they've had the union for a long time. Like mm -hmm. I'm sure they're gonna like come to the table soon. So yeah. Editing cast here with another update. This episode was recorded in November. It is currently January now, and we just hit day 39 of the HarperCollins strike. There will be a link in the description of this episode for some more information about the strike, and if you wish to support the HarperCollins employees, you can find that information there as well. Bye! Yeah, so I felt guilty because I had literally just started it, <laughs> and then I saw your post about it, and I was like, oh my goodness, am I a bad person? No, it I was don't so, think so. <laughs> it was no. so interesting because I got approved for a HarperCollins uh, book on NetCali like as soon as the strike started. And I was like, 
this doesn't seem like a coincidence, <laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. Harper Collins. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I should have started it when I got approved for it, which was literally like three months ago. So. We've all been yeah. there. We have all yeah. been there. Yeah, I'm currently but. right there. <laughs> I am but finally I, I gotta breaking even. <laughs> I have finally broken even, and I'm just like, it was an uphill yes. climb. <laughs> uphill climb okay so when we reviewed prisoner of azkaban we were like let's do a harry potter and the sacred text 30 second plot synopsis challenge and let's do it every time and then we haven't done it since but we're gonna do it again we're gonna try we're gonna try we're gonna try okay so uh cast you get to go first this time okay and i'm gonna <laughs> set a timer for 30 seconds not 30 Not minutes. 30 minutes. I, I'm i never going to let myself live that one down because no. that was probably one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. It was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. I have to go first? You okay. have to go first because okay. I went first last time. So Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Are Am you I? ready? I don't know. Okay. Ready? Yeah. I'm going to hold it up to the screen and everything. <sighs> okay. And go. All right, Harry is at the Dursleys. They get a letter that has a bajillion stamps. He gets to go to the Weasleys. They come to pick him up. They have to blast open the fireplace. Dudley eats a candy that makes his tongue super large. Mr. Weasley is mad, but doesn't tell Mrs. Weasley. And then she finds out. They go to the Quidditch World Cup. Hermione's there. Everybody's there. Bill and Charlie are there. They're having so much fun. But then Death Eaters, bang. Oh my gosh, Winky. Oh my gosh. They go back to Hogwarts. Everyone's being secretive. Oh my gosh, there's five seconds. (laughs) Um, And Triwizard Tournament happens that was great oh that was good all right was it <laughs> it's fine it's good you really you, we we know what happened in the first part of the book for sure we know what happens in like right. the first two chapters yeah 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 <laughs> oh i didn't know. even met oh my gosh i missed like a ton of stuff now i'm thinking about it i'm like i did the book opens with a totally different thing than how i opened <laughs> i also totally forgot about all the stamps so that made me happy okay well, All are right. you ready? I'm ready. Okay. It's it's 30 seconds this time. <laughs> okay, 30 seconds. It's there. All right. Ready? Okay. That go. Harry has a scary dream about Voldemort. He tells Sirius that his scar hurt him. He uh, gets permission to go to the Quidditch World Cup. Victor Crumb is there. Everyone loves him. The Weasley twins make a bet. They win, but then they don't get their money from Ludo Bagman. Uh, Barty Crouch is there and Winky. And there's a Triwizard Tournament. And Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? And Harry didn't. And Harry and Ron are in a fight. And there's dragons and uh, Rita Skeeter and giants and Voldemort and Wormtail. <laughs> it's so hard it's so hard it's it's just names i just stick out and do names mm-hmm. all right allison are you ready okay i didn't know we were doing this <laughs> it's a it's a surprise okay <laughs> we love it okay it's okay you- uh, i would say that your both of your um like summaries though were different would have been different if it was based off the movie it's true that's true like there's characters <laughs> okay it's true it's true it's true okay are you ready okay and go 
Okay, we opened the book with um, a prologue about a man who ends up dying. He's killed. Um, and then uh, Harry goes to the Triwizard t- Tournament. Or no, he doesn't. He goes to the <laughs> Quidditch Road Cup. And then um, Death Eaters. And then they go to Hogwarts. And they know there's something going on. And no one's telling them. But it's the Triwizard tournament for the first time in a century and people die and harry goes through them miraculously he's like set up to be in it and then voldemort at the end (laughs) people die (laughs) it's like impossible to do a whole book in 30 seconds it is i'm just like sweating so much right now (laughs) especially this book like it's like so Mm -hmm. long you know it's a long she's thick she's chonky yeah she's chonky Mm -hmm. she is okay well (laughs) Cass and I have talked extensively at this point about our reading and viewing experience Mm -hmm. so you just need to know that we read them and then watch them yep but Allison (laughs) what was your reading viewing experience of these books like I don't know when I started reading them Mm-hmm. instead of watching them first mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. I did read the first book like around the time the first movie came out well like I was someone read it to me mm-hmm. and then um but so I don't know if I read this one first or watched the movie first but I feel like I didn't really like the movies as much until I read the book so it probably doesn't matter that much mm-hmm. um but so I'm going to say I probably watched this movie first, but don't have like a recollection yeah. of mm-hmm. that happening. But at some point it switched, right? Like I wa- I read the books and, then, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I do really remember watching the first movie though in theaters and like having extensive nightmares. I was so scared too. Yeah. I think I was like probably like six, you know, and <laughs> It was like in November, so it was like super dark out yeah. all the time. Yeah, bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so probably like similar, you know, mm-hmm. at some point. As far as ratings go, this one's interesting. So the Goodreads average rating is four point five seven, which is point zero one lower than Prisoner of Azkaban, but mm-hmm. still like higher than the first two books. I'm interested to track the book gratings and see where they go go (laughs) Mm -hmm. I of course because (laughs) I have no like inner filter for my own internal biases when it comes to like my nostalgia I gave it five stars (laughs) I know we can't be trusted with our ratings for these ones because it's a five can't it's a five (laughs) but also like it is a good book probably objectively and Allison, would you say which book is your favorite in the Harry Potter series? Oh yeah, I wonder why I'm on this episode because <laughs> it's so funny. Goblet of Fire is my favorite book. Would you look at that? <laughs> what a coincidence! Yeah. So I would give this one a five. I'd give probably most of them a five, to be honest. Yeah, but mm-hmm. um, this one is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like this one too. I think this was my brother's favorite maybe when we like first read all of them because I think a lot of male fans of Harry Potter this is their favorite because it's the sports book (laughs) (laughs) but yeah as far as the movie goes uh this is interesting it's a little bit of a drop from some of the earlier ones but 
Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter is 88%, which is pretty good, honestly. Uh, audience score, however, is only 74%. So audiences did not vibe with this movie. And Wait, which if the if they read the book, I can see why. <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> um imdb I, it was so funny because on our last harry potter episode joseph was like every movie has a 7.9 on IMDb. this one does not it has a 7.7 7. it's even worse and i gave it i gave it a 7 out of 10 and i was like this is i was talking to tim about this earlier this is like the first time i have ever read the book watch the movie immediately afterward and yeah. it's definitely like I've always picked up on the differences I've always been like man these are so different but this time in particular I was like mm -hmm. oh my gosh this movie is kind of terrible yeah I still love it yeah. like I still love it but I'm like this one is like Ugh, this one's kind of really woo, off in left field yeah. mm -hmm. well, I feel like it takes all the heart of the book and like you know, like the side things that were going on in the book and it doesn't involve them at all. Which it's a right. long movie. It's a long book. Like I kind of get yeah. it. But like mm -hmm. I feel like the fun parts of the book aren't in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I gave it um, a seven and a half mostly because I just didn't want to have all sevens again. But I would probably give it a seven. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the same way. I texted Cass as I was watching the movie and I was like, how did I never know this was so like different and like kind of bad from the book? And yeah, I just really feel like after the second movie, you just really have to look at them separately, like the book from the movie. Because if you do that, like it is entertaining and it's a fun movie to watch, but it's just not. It's not Harry Potter, you know, it's like it's not that story, so. All, all the heart is just completely out of it, as Allison yeah. said. It's they take yeah. all the emotional depth. Yeah, and the growth of the characters you see in the movie is a teaspoon amount of the growth you see in these characters in the books, and it's just like it makes me sad in a way. Yeah, Ugh, it's so hard. Yeah. yeah, I also gave it a seven, and yeah, it's kind of like an adult movie, but the books are children's books. If that makes sense, like mm -hmm. the movies are kind of like darker where like in the books you have like moments of relief you know like there's like spew and like you know mm -hmm. stuff like that where <laughs> like in the movie it goes kind of like I was watching it last night and it was kind of like tournament like each it was kind of going like bam 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 you know mm -hmm. where yeah. like all these dark things were happening where in the book they actually have like months to prepare and right you know, right yeah they don't I just know, show up movie. to Hogwarts and everyone is there. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. The movie is truly at like breakneck pace. It's mm -hmm. biggest event, biggest event, biggest event. It just like takes you at like lightning speed through all like the big main events of the book, which mm -hmm. again, you lose a lot of the depth when you do that. So, yeah. Yeah. But still being two hours and 40 minutes. Right. Yes. It's like, how is so it long. still so long? <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. All right, well, let's let's get into it. So again, as a reminder, our rating breakdown goes into casting and acting, percent similar. We feel like the movie was to the book, 
what were changes we didn't appreciate, what were positive changes. Um, we do have some questions again this time. <laughs> uh, we talk about the setting, the soundtrack, the style, the vibes, and then boy, do we have quotes and facts for this one. Yes. So we got a lot to get into. So let's start with casting and acting. We have all of our same, you know, characters from the first three, with the exception of our, you know, replacement Dumbledore. Yes. So we talked about this on Prisoner of Azkaban, and I mm-hmm. kept this note in there because this movie, it makes me so angry that yeah. they, Dumbledore's personality is just completely different from the book in this one I specifically when I was listening to the audiobook during like the opening feast or like one of the feasts Dumbledore is just like cracking jokes and this like fun silly goofy guy mm-hmm. and this Dumbledore that we see is just like serious angry Dumbledore and I'm like who are you who are you because I don't know it makes me so angry yeah yeah. What really stuck out to me was when he, uh, Harry went into his office and then Dumbledore leaves and then comes back and he just like sits down on the steps and is just like, it just felt so weird and informal and like a conversation they would never have in that way to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was very weird. So this this definitely for me, because like in the third one, I was like, I mean, yeah, he's fine. But like in this one, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not how he's supposed to be yeah and I think a lot of it is that the Dumbledore we see in the movies is less formal with Harry and definitely gives off the vibe to Harry that he doesn't necessarily know what he's doing Mm -hmm. which in the books Dumbledore always is kind of more I don't know mysterious about of course he knows you get the vibe that Dumbledore always knows what's going on and that he has a clear plan of things but in this movie it's like he is just lost and aimless half the time and I'm like what are you doing yeah then we have quite a few new characters quite a few in this one yeah quite a few I think we should start we have Cedric Cedric Diggory oh Cedric good old Robbie Pattinson Robbie (laughs) P who just love when he <laughs> there's a few hopping down from tree moments in this movie when he hops yes. out of the tree uh <laughs> to go to the quidditch world cup i don't know i was just in- instantly transported back to twilight it's <laughs> like yes. that was that was very edward of you robert <laughs> a little foreshadowing i know, career, <laughs> I know. Yeah. he just really right. likes trees i guess mm-hmm. yeah um, I do think that Robert Pattinson was like the perfect Cedric. I that's how I picture Cedric now. I can't mm-hmm. picture him any other way because I'm like he's just so perfect as Cedric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he and it's just so again like to see him so young. It's really fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Who else? We have Barty Crouch Senior, played by Roger Lloyd Pack. Interesting acting of this character oh he was so awkward it's so weird because it's like barty crouch senior in the book this very put together like formal person and it's not awkward in the book he's just like i'm a professional i'm a working man and i will be professional at all times whereas in the movie i was just like is he on drugs like what is happening (laughs) very weird yeah Which in the book, he really doesn't show up. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the whole, like, crux of the point, you know? And then 
yeah, but they kind of cut out the parts that he, you know, with Percy, you know. But yeah, yeah. Weatherby, <laughs> Weatherby, yeah. Michael thought he looked a lot like um, like a Hitler figure, <laughs> like the mustache they yeah. had. Yeah, yeah, very strange. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even. Yeah, it is that. definitely some interesting choices were made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next is um an absolutely iconic character to me, uh, Alistair Mad-Eye Moody, played by Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> so good so good so good i love him so much and um his son later will come into play bill weasley but wait really yeah domino gleason is brendan gleason's son oh my gosh yeah i had no idea oh really yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. bill weasley is moody's son (laughs) i love that yeah uh yeah he he was he was absolutely incredible it's exactly how i pictured movies yes yeah yeah just like scary but i don't know what the word is crazy just, like shouty and yeah. like very unhinged in a way that shows mm-hmm. like this is a guy who's seen some stuff he is clearly mm-hmm. suffering with ptsd and that he needs some help but he's very correct all the time like he know he's like you need to be constant vigilance you need to be aware all the time of everything around you he's he's just great i love him i love him so much he was so good yeah yeah the next one (laughs) i guess i'm just gonna get the the list is in a weird order but that's okay amos diggory is played by jeff rall a very like honestly overall story-wise a pretty inconsequential character but Mm -hmm. this man his acting single-handedly ruined my life as a teen when he yells that's my son that's my boy boy. (laughs) it is it absolutely is and it was the only part of the movie that made me emotional really Mm -hmm. of the movie of the movie i as an adult like re-watching and rereading these for the first time like well not re-watching as an adult but like rereading as an adult the cemetery scene with harry's parents also made me so like that whole well, block of time kind of like i lost it a little bit see in the book <laughs> i sobbed through that whole part i was a mess in the movie i felt nothing which we'll talk about yeah, I de- definitely, the book makes me more emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of, in the cemetery scene, I'm like, oh, Harry. But then when Amos yells that, when they come back, it just, like, wrecks, wrecks me, me every time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Barty Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> <laughs> played by David Tennant, who, he's great. As this character, it's just like the tongue thing that he always it's does. So weird. It's so weird. I'm like, where did that come from? Why did we do that? <laughs> As a yeah. way, because like they needed some way to sh- tell us that Mad Eye wasn't who he was. I don't know. I don't know. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, yeah. once again an example where this person <laughs> is a very famous British actor, and I had yeah. zero idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
No, I'm like a big Doctor Who fan. So like it was weird watching David Tennant be kind of a minor character. And also the tongue thing was like, this is weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would in right. high school, I remember watching it and being like, oh, and then being like, oh, like <laughs> this is not good. I was excited. And then it was like, oh, this is. I feel a little less respect for <laughs> it just was like so weird weird choices but I guess like I always thought it was like because of the snake you know yeah. like mm-hmm. you know I know to show he's Voldemort's servant right right yeah 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 it was so funny in high school we watched Hamlet and he was Hamlet David Tennant was <laughs> and I yeah. remember watching him being like that's Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> renowned british actor (laughs) party crouch jr so good all right and then we have a couple uh, more minor characters we have igor karkaroff igor karkaroff played by pradaj bialak um that's how i'm gonna pronounce it don't know he's not really as prominent in the movie as he is in the book so there's not Mm -hmm. much to go off of but his his teeth are terrible yeah, he gives the correct vibe of how gross and creepy Karkaroff is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. And then Cho Chang finally makes an appearance in this one. Katie Lung. Ugh. She's so adorable. I she's love so her. She's so sweet. I do. Yeah. I love her too. Uh, she's just a little cutie. She's not as like fierce as the Cho. That, like we see her in the third book for the first time. And she's definitely got like... A little edge to her that we don't really see and then of course like later on she's sad for understandable reasons so um but i think she's really great as cho chang Mm -hmm. then we have madame maxime played by frances de la tour and she's she's great i love her madame maxime uh doubly (laughs) do so good yeah i thought she did a great job and of course, the other champions from the Triwizard Tournament from Bourbaton, we have Flora Delacour, played by Clemence Posey. I, I honestly, thinking about Floor makes me so angry because she deserved better in the book and the movie. Mm-hmm. But like she just, mm-hmm. and I think it's this is where it's kind of fun because I get to bash JK Rowling a little bit (laughs) is that she has clearly an ineptitude in writing a pretty talented girl like if she doesn't suffer from she's not like other girl syndrome she can't write Mm -hmm. her Flora's just turned into this joke because she's pretty and everyone's like oh well she's just pretty there's no substance to her and I'm like Floor is an icon. She's clearly talented. She got picked as a champion mm-hmm. in the right. Triwizard Tournament. From, in yeah. the book, a girls and boys school, not just an all-girls school. Yes. Right. Yes. She's the only girl in this tournament and just constantly yeah. gets railroaded by the tournament. And it's just, uh, it makes me so angry. I'm like, there was so much opportunity. And then we will talk about Floor later on, too, of course, <laughs> in the later books. But... God, it just makes me so angry. <laughs> I know. I re- as soon as she appeared on screen, I was like, "Oh, she really is the perfect floor." Like mm-hmm. that—that yes. is who exactly how I pictured her. Yeah, and I and I I especially thought it at the end in the maze when she was like so scared and panicky, and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, it's scary, but like she's a champion. She faced a dragon. Like 
that's not that's not her like so yeah yeah they did her dirty right yeah, yeah, in the book, she definitely, like, keeps her cool a little more. Like, yeah. even the second task, she's like, it was the Grindylows. Like, the Grindy- but she's not like, the Grindylows. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's yeah. a lot more weepy in the movie. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I'm not saying that women characters can't be emotional, but in this case. <laughs> Lord it's knows like, I am. <laughs> same. But in this case, it's clearly there's some yeah. some bigger things at play. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Victor Crumb, played by Stanislav Yanevsky. He's, he's Pointless? There. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like he was even less of a... I don't even know what the word is. He he mattered even less in the movie. Yeah. He's right. just a champion. Yeah. Right. Like, he's so uninteresting in the yeah. movie. <laughs> like, yeah. This yeah. Guy. I wish we had gotten some scenes of him, like like looking around like a bookshelf and seeing Hermione in the library like that would have been so cute like give us something not walking on the beach (laughs) whatever that was also I'm like why are you guys studying on the beach that's like where right weirdos it's like the winter yeah Yeah. I was like what are you doing anyways I don't know and we saved probably the best casting in the entire series for last um, Voldemort, played by Rafe Bynes, and it's, like, this is Voldemort. He does such a good uh, job. When he takes his form and does the whole head thing, I just, like, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I can touch you now. Oh. It's so good. <laughs> oh, he's so scary. <laughs> But also like theatrical, you know. It's yes, so, yeah, so he good. nails yeah. it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's like Voldemort's whole problem is that his greatest weakness is his hubris, mm-hmm. and like Ray finds really plays that up and like the dramatics and the spectacle that Voldemort wants and craves, mm-hmm. and it's just so good. He absolutely nails it. I yeah. love it so much. I definitely feel like he's the only person who can nail how creepy Jim Dale does it in the books. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was good. not ready for Jim Dale's reading of Voldemort in this book because this no. was the first time I listened to the fourth yeah. one. I was like, yeah. Ah. It was so good. It was so, so good. good. Yeah. He's totally the best. Yeah. It, but, and you know what I like about it is that. Because Alan Rickman is so good, but he's so good that it makes me like kind of Snape. I don't hate Snape. In the books, I hate Snape. Hate him. Mm -hmm. He's a bully. He is the worst. uh, Of children. He is an adult who bullies Mm -hmm. children. Like openly humiliates them daily. Openly humiliates them daily. Whereas Rafe does so good and i'm so scared of voldemort and i hate him and it's just like yeah i don't know it's so, so good. good it's so good yeah. so good i feel like alan rickman plays kind of like jk rowling like who she ended up how she ended up feeling about snape mm-hmm. because like she kind of like starts to idolize him and i was talking to michael about that actually like when i was like oh my gosh I forgot how much of a bully Snape was in the book. Yeah. And then Harry Potter names a child after him. 
I know. I mean, I, <laughs> just, like, what? I'm like, just because like, he loved your mother does nothing. Yeah. He wanted you, dad. Like, right. He didn't, he care didn't about you. He didn't care about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, then Neville in like the future in the epilogue world, which I have issues with the epilogue, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Neville then has to teach a child that is named after a professor who made his life hell. Yeah. It's like, Harry, what are you doing? What are you doing? G- I, there's no way Ginny, Miss Ginevra right. Weasley would have agreed mm-hmm. to that. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Not yeah. my Ginny. And no. like, he's so mean to Hermione as well. Yes. Like, ruthless to Hermione it's in this book especially I feel and then like it's like your best friend maybe you're a baby after him like so mad right yeah Yeah. like there wasn't we didn't see enough of the good in Snape along the way for the redemption arc that he got you know who we could have seen this nice redemption arc for a certain young blonde boy (laughs) exactly that (laughs) He deserves it more than Snape. I'm just saying. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Moving right along. <laughs> oh, wait. Can I just wait? I oh. have one more casting. I yes, just yes, yes. have a thing about Hermione's casting. I feel like her Emma Watson becomes like a little bit more like beautiful. <laughs> and I feel like that, like, I know there's like hate on Emma Watson because she ended up being pretty, which is like, so stupid i think that's ridiculous right um but that's like tumblr 2012 stuff i think (laughs) whatever but um i feel like in the book the whole like ron and harry start to notice that like hermione is becoming beautiful like her Mm -hmm. teeth get fixed and like she's able to like tame her hair and i feel like it just so happens that emma is also becoming like an kind of a young woman <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. she is also like starting to be like less childish looking and like more beautiful and I feel like mm-hmm. that just like is a great cat I mean you know great casting mm-hmm. or just like happy coincidence mm-hmm. but yeah I feel absolutely. like that you know kind of goes along with it but, mm-hmm. yeah. I definitely forgot about the teeth shrinking thing yeah mm-hmm. which goes back to Snape who's like I don't yeah, write so- a difference and I'm like yeah. oh I hate him so <laughs> yeah. much and then Hermione runs away crying like yes How do you- what the heck? Yep. anyways yeah anyways. and then go- along with that too is I guess we probably should have talked about Ron casting and acting a little bit because mm-hmm. Rupert Grint again continues to be a good actor mm-hmm. but this is where we really see the shift in Ron to just being like a totally different character than book Ron. It just, I don't even know how to say it. Book Ron is so much smarter than movie Ron. Like they just turn movie Ron into like a complete dunce sometimes. And I'm like, okay, he has his dumb moments, but he's not like a complete idiot all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this shift that we start to see is he's just the comic relief now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also want to mention the hair, the, the flops, just everyone's hair. Oh, okay. like all the boys' hair. <laughs> all uh, of yeah. the boys' hair yes. was just so long and shaggy. And I was like, someone give them scissors, please. No, <laughs> Mike Newell didn't let them get haircuts. They like the production of this movie did not let them get oh haircuts in between three and four. <laughs> I don't why? know why. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, 
It's what? ridiculous. They all look so ridiculous. Fred and George's hair is the one that really gets me because I'm like, it's like long. It's so long. Oh, and I have like no straight. idea. Yes. <laughs> There's no volume there. None. That's it's almost so kind of greasy too. Like, you know. Yes. But yeah. I guess, I don't know. I guess boys that age sometimes. Yeah. I like that. I don't know. Not much hair care going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's talk about how similar we feel like the book is to the movie or the movie is to the book. So we can talk a little bit more generally before we get into specifics about this. Um, I initially gave it 70% similarity, which I think is fairly accurate maybe it's a little bit more I don't know but we already kind of talked about this a little bit in that it totally misses the emotional depth Mm -hmm. and it definitely like the parts that they're taking out of the movie while they are kind of smaller inconsequential in the grand scheme of things they provide so much understanding to how this world works yeah and the movie just lacks a depth that the book's are always going to have over it mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree there's we miss so much nuance in terms of like wizards and their relationships to other creatures in the magical world I mean in this one specifically house elves but we also have with the giants as well we get the stigma towards mm-hmm. the giants and then we also get a view into wizarding politics with fudge yep. and his prejudices and, and things like that so it just felt so shallow to me in comparison to the book. Um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And I also, I just felt like the movie, and we've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes, but it was just so dramatic. Like, so much more dramatic to me than the book. And because of that, that was really what took me out of those scenes where in the book I was so emotional and so affected but because it was so mm-hmm. dramatized I just wasn't I I wasn't affected at all so yeah and I think Joseph talked about this a lot too is that you miss just a lot of the like backstory of the world and that's really starts in the third book mm-hmm. but in this one it feels so much more egregious because you do have so much of just Voldemort's real motive and like just like his hatred of these people and there's it goes so much deeper and you start to see not even just Voldemort but even people who are good characters kind characters like the good guys are biased against like the goblins the house elves Mm -hmm. giants everything even like especially you see it in Ron a lot where he kind of voices it and then of course Hermione kind of calls him out all the time even the good characters have so many of those biases and you really start to see a lot of that in this book and then it's just like completely vacant from the movie Mm -hmm. so yeah all right, well, let's get into the things we didn't like that were changed or that happened. There's a lot. Our list is so There's a long. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so let's try and do this quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the first thing, we don't get a Dursley scene. Uh, our favorite. Like... <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> But this one is such a good one. (laughs) Like, I wanted to see Mr. Weasley having to blast through the fireplace. The ton-ton toffee. 
uh, I just I wanted it I wanted it in my head it was part of the movie like I don't know like and then when I watched it last night I was like wait <laughs> like, I don't know why if I just like remember <laughs> like the because the books are pretty cinematic like in my brain you yeah, know right absolutely like oh wait I definitely thought I saw that happen <laughs> and then it didn't and I was like oh wow this is just dark skies right now <laughs> so yeah like, yeah. yeah um before that though we have um harry's dream at the beginning and mm-hmm. this is where immediately i was like hold on a second because in the movie barty crouch jr is with voldemort yeah and he and voldemort is telling him yes yeah, send a sign and it's like no barty crouch jr was acting independently and did not like seek out Voldemort until after the World Cup Mm -hmm. and it's just like so wild to me because the movie totally changes the entire Crouch family story you don't learn about they cut Winky completely out which I hate because I love the house elves I love them so much but you don't hear about Barty Crew Crouch Jr. going to Azkaban, getting swapped out with Mrs. Crouch, and oh, then like she dies in Azkaban, yeah. and that he's just living under the Imperious curse with his dad. It's like it's so insane. And then the movie is just like, nah, we don't need that. I know. <laughs> Which like it's so hard because like I totally understand that when you're taking a book this long, things are gonna get left out, but it's like mm-hmm. you're changing the plot at this point so I don't know yeah it really changes how you see Barty Crouch Jr. as well because in the book he's implicated in the torture of Frank and Alice but Mm -hmm. at least in his begging and pleading you know, you're not totally sure if he's guilty or if he was involved and he's, you know, mm-hmm. sent to Azkaban. And so then you have this vision of Barty Crouch that's just this, you know, he's a villain. He sent his son to Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, he is immediately a villain. Like, you know, he's a bad guy. Barty Crouch Jr. That is, you know, mm-hmm. he's a bad guy. You know, he's up to no good. And then with Barty Crouch, Again, whereas in the book, he's very much this, like, in the sense that he follows the rules so strictly, he's morally gray in terms of his own family and mm-hmm. that kind of right. thing. In the movie, you don't care. You you think he's a good guy. You don't get any, again, of that complexity of that character. So, also, it clicked for me while I was watching the movie how horrific it is that Barty Crouch Jr. was sent to Azkaban for being involved in Frank and Alice's torturing with the Crucio curse. And then he uses that in front of Neville. Like. And that like consoles him about it. Leave that family alone. Oh my gosh. It made me so mad. I got so heated when that clicked for me. I was just like. Yeah. I hate that we don't get any Winky or Dobby. I know. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of changes. I feel like when we talked about Ron and like speak, like talked about how he kind of, you know, voices those things. I feel like he has such a privilege of growing up in the magical world that like Hermione mm-hmm. and Harry just don't have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in the books, it's very obvious. Like, and then like right. taking out the house elves like you know what I mean it kind of and then I feel like with Dobby being such a character like such a bigger character in this book like de- like definitely 
impacted my reading of later books. Yeah. You know, where in the movie, like he's in the second movie and then I don't know, does he show up until, you know what I mean? Um, Definitely Alice Part 1, yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like, and so, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. And it really shines a light on like Hermione as well. Like fighting for these characters, these magical creatures who are seen as less than and you know and yeah it's it is definitely I feel like a detriment to her character and like some foils going on Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you know Winky's not there (laughs) it's like not just Winky as a character it's like the whole thing the purpose of Winky's character right and what her and Dobby represent within the world yeah right yeah, and it just, it makes me so mad that we don't get the, yes, it's like funny and kind of stupid in some ways, the way that they keep calling it spew, but that we don't get the Society for the Promotion of Elfish Welfare. And the way we don't get that, it totally makes them have to change the whole like Ron and Hermione actually getting to a point where they kiss in the seventh movie or the eighth movie seventh book Mm because in the seventh book he specifically she kisses him because he's like well we should go let the house elves know what's going on and then that's when she kisses him (laughs) and I'm like so we don't have that build and it makes it different and I hate it (laughs) oh sorry if I just spoiled the end of the books for you I don't Uh know like I feel like everyone listening has probably read or seen all of them or at least knows that Ron and Hermione kiss, you yeah. know, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, they've got to know. Um, so I really didn't like that, <laughs> that yeah. they took out the yeah. whole, like, house elf storyline. Again, like, I, I can understand from, like, a filmmaking perspective why these mm-hmm. had to happen, but yeah. I don't have to be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> Dumbledore's in person in bleh. <laughs> Dumbledore's entire personality we already talked a little bit about that I hate it at the um Quidditch World Cup in the book the muggle family that is the caretaker of the park they are in is like floating above the Death Eaters and they're being like tortured by the Death Eaters and while I'm glad that we didn't see that in the movie I feel like it just raises the stakes so much Mm -hmm. and then it doesn't make sense why in the movie they can't just subdue that group it was not a big group Mm -hmm. there are like the whole ministry of magic is there right and they're able to completely decimate an entire campground i don't know that just didn't make sense to me Mm -hmm. right i was like the the, the stakes aren't there i don't understand why that was right because then it's like okay they're destroying tents it's scary yes but mm-hmm. again, like you're saying, the stakes are not high enough to warrant yeah. what's going on. Not stopping yeah. them. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Also with the World Cup, like something that bothered me, like probably petty, but like they have the Weasleys like all the way up. Yes. And really they're actually in the box. And I right. feel like that is just like obviously I can understand like why they would change that. But like, I don't know. It was important to me that they were in the box. Like it felt yeah. like something like Arthur Weasley is like a respectable, like a wizard, you know, and mm-hmm. the family is actually very respectable. <laughs> and like, even if we see like Malfoy, like being a 
prick. Like, or, uh, <laughs> I swore. That's okay. Uh, like we have an explicit think, rating. It's okay. We're good to go. <laughs> good. Okay. I mean, like, obviously, Jacob Malfoy could have die, But, like, you know, <laughs> even if he's just, like, the way he is, I feel like it shows, like, that the Weasleys are not, you know, just right. trash, you know. Yeah. They're actually important. Yeah. Right. Like, even though... Arthur has a lower status job the the minister still values the work that he does and his mm-hmm. family enough to be like yeah we can hook you up with some box seats or right. is it Bagman it was Ludo yeah. yeah 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 mm-hmm. like but there like, are still people he knows that respect yeah. him and like are looking out for him which again that goes back to the book and the nuanced politics situation because we right. find out in the book that he was not promoted because of his fondness for muggles yep like mm-hmm. yep and I then, also like, no go ahead <laughs> this also brings up the fact that Ludo Bag Bagman just doesn't nowhere exist. to be yes. found, <laughs> or Charlie Weasley, like or Bertha Jorkins. Right. Yes, that's the yes. one that gets me. Bertha Jorkins. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And Percy's not in the book. I mean, yeah. in the movie at all, right? Yeah. 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 Which, like, I feel like is important later on too. Yeah, like, it's yes. I crucial. Can't remember if he like becomes. I don't. I can't remember the the movies (laughs) i feel like where percy is you know it's all kind of jumbled up in my brain Mm -hmm. but like i feel like in later books like percy not being in the beginning of the fourth would be very Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah this book is yeah this book is the beginning of percy's rift with his family yeah like this is where it starts so taking that completely out is like Mm -hmm. again kind of changing the overall plot right and the politics of yeah, like, yeah. right yeah like where he's just like we have to trust the ministry and go along with them and mm-hmm. how his boss is just like owling him in instructions and he's not even questioning it yeah, yeah. how yeah. his boss doesn't even call him by his real name yeah. weatherby <laughs> weatherby i will say this is the one time i was disappointed not to have a quidditch match i start this is one of those things allison where i was like oh i'm so excited to watch the quidditch world cup Mm -hmm. and then the jump got to the end and i was like wait what (laughs) did i I miss something i know i was convinced we got to see it so i was really bummed i wanted to see the and i can't remember the guy's name now the faint the move crumb does oh the ronsky faint yeah the ronsky (laughs) faint i wanted to see it so, the wonky faint. Another thing about the movie, and this goes back to Ron's character and to Harry's too, is that we don't really get the full severity of Harry and Ron's fight in the mm-hmm. book or in the movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry. In the book, their friendship is just so much more nuanced than the movies. And mm-hmm you don't really get to see how deep that friendship really is in the movie. So, like, in the book, Harry takes one of the, like, Potter Stinks badges, throws it at Ron, and it hits him in the head in a fight, and he's like, oh, you might even have a scar now if you're lucky. That's what you really want, isn't it? And it's like, they are so... me. It's that way that teenagers fight with each other that is so, so mean. Mm-hmm. And and then with their friends again after the task, and Ron is like, okay, yeah, you're, you would have been insane to put your name in here. And Karkaroff gave Harry a four out of ten. 
And Harry's internal monologue says, even though Karkaroff gave him a four, Ron's indignation on his behalf was worth at least a hundred points to him. Like their friendship is so much deeper than we see in the movies. And I just like, not showing that makes me upset because I think that boys especially could see that there are like healthy ways to have emotional friendships as young people and like while yes they're fighting and it's like not a great situation but like they're showing their emotions to each other and it's just like oh my heart yeah and I feel like Ron's insecurities are like heightened in the book where Mm -hmm. it makes sense for you know Deathly Hollows when that rift happens. Yes. Like you can really understand it better because like even after they've made up, mm-hmm. when um, he finds out like goblin or leprechaun gold mm-hmm. disappears yeah. and he's like, Man, I hate being poor. You know, and yeah. it's just like such a deeper Ron, first of all, but it also like you can really start to see like his vulnerabilities and his insecurities and like why yeah. he would be so deeply affected in Deathly Hollows, like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also a moment I love in the book, too, in their friendship where they have, it's when Professor McGonagall starts telling them about the Yule Ball. Harry and Ron are, like, in the back fighting with the fake wands, like, sword fighting that Fred <laughs> and George made, and they turn into, like, a fish and a chicken or whatever. And it really reminds us that these are 14 year olds because that is some yeah. as a former public school teacher that is some 14 year old <laughs> nonsense happening and you don't get to see those like lighter moments in yeah. the movies as much it's not as prevalent and then in the book it's like yeah th- these are children yeah these are children about to be at war essentially so yeah. right <sighs> I also feel yeah. like by not making it their fight like by not representing it the way it was in the book you also don't see how alone harry felt and how Mm -hmm. you know really isolated he felt from the entire school because in the movie you get a little view of people with their buttons Mm -hmm. but like that was a long time for him in the book where even Mm -hmm. his friends were siding with ron you know and he only had hermione and it was just Mm -hmm. you know it really as much as Ron wants that fame and notoriety, Harry just doesn't want to be alone. And mm-hmm. so they're both, you know, gra- oh, it, it just made me so sad in the book. And you really miss out on that yeah. in the movie. I do love the moment in the movie, though, when Hermione finally yells at them and says, I'm not an owl. <laughs> I'm not an <laughs> owl. Like, yes. yes. And then Ginny is just there. Like, she was just. Yeah. Was like, that whole scene doing? was so weird. But... So weird. <laughs> Yeah, but it's so true. I <laughs> there's a moment in the book too, and I, I'm like on the train of thought of the Yule mm-hmm. Ball now. Mm-hmm. When they're talking about them asking girls to the Yule Ball, and Harry is telling Ron and Ginny how he asked Cho, and in the book it like specifically says like Ginny's smile fell, like yes. Ginny gets yeah. upset that Harry likes Cho, and that doesn't happen at all in the movie. Mm-mm. However because Ginny's personality has disappeared but there is one moment in the movie where you do get to see a little bit of Ginny's personality and I'm like yes she's so close is when Ron's talking about how he asked Floor to the ball he sort of shouted at her a bit terrifying really it's so funny it's so 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 funny like that's classic Ginny (laughs) speaking of jealousy I 
Listen, I hate it when people say that Ren and Hermione's relationship came out of nowhere. What's up with that? I'm like, you clearly only watched the movies because those those mm-hmm. hints were dropped the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like the way in the book that Ron just hyper fixates on who is taking Hermione to the ball. Who was mm-hmm. doing it? And this is where he starts to realize, yes, Hermione is a girl. And oh, well spotted Ronald. <laughs> but yeah. like, it's funny, but also it's like Ron is noticing that. And he's like, oh, she's a girl. And I think I like her. And she's a pretty girl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this was, the seeds were planted for their relationship very early on. And I pick up on like every single moment of it Mm -hmm. and then like ron's the one that notices that hermione's teeth are normal size Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. that when she went to madame pomfrey she had her actually shrink them to a normal size because she did have large teeth like it's (laughs) ron's the one that notices not harry it's ron (laughs) and the same thing in book three ron's the one that's always like where is hermione going how is she getting to all these glasses because he's fixated on her yeah. Another character who's not as big of a presence or doesn't have as big of a presence in the movie is Sirius. Or, yeah, like at all, I guess, in the movie. At, yeah, he appears on the fire once. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is a great CGI moment. I think I thought yeah. that was great. Absolutely. <laughs> it, looks, it does look really cool. <laughs> it definitely looks cooler than just if it was like a floating head in the fireplace, which is how it's described in the book. Yeah. So, yeah. I think they did a great job with that for sure. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it yeah, it's just like Sirius is like a passing mention in this movie. Whereas in the book, he's like so involved and yeah. Harry is constantly like worrying about Sirius coming back and getting caught. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. there's that moment at the end of the book. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the book, when he shows up at the end of the task, one Dumbledore knows and like wants him and has been taking care of him as well Mm -hmm. and the end of the book is when we get the resurgence of the order we have molly and arthur being tasked to reach out to Mm -hmm. others who were in it we have hagrid being tasked with finding the giants so he i mean that really directly leads and influences what happens next so. Yeah, and then like Snape and McGonagall being like, "Oh my god," or Mrs. Weasley too being like, "Oh my god, Sirius Black is here." Yeah, <laughs> and they have to be like, "No, it's fine." Calm it's down, cool. <laughs> in a good yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I also we miss out on so much Mrs. Weasley and just like uh. the Weasley family in general content. Like when she and Bill come to support Harry because he's I- like, "Oh, I don't have any family," and then Cedric comes out and it's like, "Harry, they're waiting for you." It's just like so good sweet Uh, i had completely forgotten about that and i was just oh it made me so happy and then in the book it's just like very obvious that flora is checking bill out and i'm like Mm -hmm. i would be too girl (laughs) and harry's like i guess long hair and a dagger earring aren't so bad (laughs) (laughs) oh man i know i feel like the parts like with molly and like the burrow those are what make this part like this book my favorite in the series Mm. and I feel like the movie yeah doesn't really have that like them all like eating dinner out in the field you know Mm -hmm. like that's so beautiful yeah Harry like seeing what family can be and those are like my favorite parts yeah (laughs) and then when they're not in the movie at all it's like oh (laughs) yeah right yeah 
Yep. Uh, kind of going along with the Weasleys is um, we don't get to see really Fred and George's burgeoning company happening. And mm-hmm. I just like Harry giving them the money at the end of the book is like, ah, it's just so important to their story. So it's like in the movie, mm-hmm. how are they getting the funds? That's to what I was wondering. This? Right. Yeah, uh. I don't know. I I hate that they like left that part out. Rita Skeeter. Girl, <laughs> just, how was she not? How? She's how? so minimized in the movie. <laughs> she was awful in the book. Oh, awful. yeah. Like, yeah. Awful. Cass, Cass you brought mm-hmm. this up. You were like, what are the wizarding journalism laws? Mm. Like, how is this allowed? <laughs> yes, I texted the the group chat with Chelsea and Darren and I was like how is no one like cracking down on this she's talking about like 14 and 15 year olds lives like when she's writing about Hermione I'm like how is no one being like this is illegal these are minors right right she I mean how is she gonna convince Mrs. Weasley to hate Hermione oh my god (laughs) when Harry's like you know she wasn't my girlfriend right Yeah. And then I always wonder if Mrs. Weasley maybe kind of knew that Ron had a crush on Hermione because like moms know stuff. So I'm like, did she know? Is that actually why she's so upset? Not because it's happening Mm -hmm. to Harry, but because not only is Hermione not dating Ron, but she's also two-timing Harry, apparently. (laughs) I like to think that. That's one of my headcanons, but. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I cannot, I can only imagine that's the reason why she gives her such a little egg. Like, you know, there has to be many prompts for Molly to, like, treat yeah. the child poorly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like, it's true. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is, like, the last one that I really had that was, like, a big change that made me kind of sad. In the book, just the whole way that the end fight with Voldemort unfolds is so much more impactful in the book. And the part that kills me every time is when Lily comes out of Voldemort's wand and she tells Harry to hold on a little longer because his father is coming. It just, it hurts me so much. I was like ugly crying ugly crying mm-hmm. because i was listening to it as well so just like mm-hmm. in the book when they first literally they don't even have time to think about what's happening in the book it's like wormtail and voldemort are there and just like the way that voldemort just says kill the spare mm. that part there's a whole episode of harry potter and the sacred text when they talk about this chapter and they have like a 15 minute discussion just about the phrase kill despair because it's like ah it's just so what just to see someone's life as so meaningless yeah and it uh it hurts so much especially like cedric who's like so popular he's a champion you know and then he's what a spare you know like and yeah. it's just yeah like off the cuff like kill despair mm-hmm. yeah oh man yeah and like that part's in the movie but it doesn't it doesn't hit Mm -hmm. the same Mm -mm. it hits different Mm -hmm. yeah um (laughs) (laughs) should my friend say to get me that's right (laughs) uh in in the book harry knew his parents were coming 
like each ghost that came out, there was a lot of time between each ghost talk to him or spirit or whatever mm-hmm. we're going to call it. And after Bertha Jorkins came out, he like he knew that his parents were coming. Like there was this buildup and this lead up to that. Mm-hmm. And then with his mom saying that, oh, and then again, it was just so dramatic at the way that it played out in the movie the soundtrack was like blasting and there was just so much going on that you couldn't I felt like you couldn't really focus on this moment that he had with his parents like the first time he's seen his parents outside of a picture or you know Mm -hmm. the mirror of Ariset and so that's what really I I I wasn't affected by it, whereas I was sobbing in the book when that happened. And so I just was so disappointed that I didn't have that same reaction. And just the way that every person that comes up, like Frank is like rooting for him. Bertha's like, like they're Mm -hmm. all rooting for him and giving him that support. And it's just, I... I wish in the movie that they had done this. This is one of my favorite things that you can do in like sound mixing a movie is when they just like all the sound cuts out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this would have been like a perfect moment to like cut the sound and then have the ghost start coming out. And then you bring it back in a moment of just like complete silence would have. Uh, so so wild powerful. In this scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. because the like the sound of the like magic hitting and like was like so loud and just like very distracting you yeah. know it was kind of like kind of star warsy you know in mm-hmm. the way that they played it out it's yeah really loud <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it really was yeah I totally agree. I would say the one like about like rereading as an adult like kind of talking about Lily and like talking like hold on here like <laughs> ugh, and I feel like reading it as an adult there's a moment where like Mad Eye is telling, uh, is teaching about the curses, and Harry's like realizing that that's how his parents died, and like just like draw, <laughs> like the life is like brought out of them, and how like his mom like shielded him and all that stuff. I feel like this was the first time where I was like an adult. Like I think what how old is Lily and James? Like they're like twenty two or like twenty three. They're like, twenty one when they 21. die. Yeah, they're so young, and I'm turned 28 in a couple days and it's like wow like I'm not Harry anymore I'm Lily you know like in my mindset and I feel like the hold Mm -hmm. on Harry like oh man that really got me this time around like thinking of Harry as a child and not like a peer Mm -hmm. I oh yeah added to the sobbing you know just like (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. it was like wow like a mother telling her son like oh I just really get you and then in the movie it is like so quick and you're just like oh and then like yeah he's not reliving the like his parents death or like her shielding him he's not thinking about that Mm -hmm. during the curses Mm -hmm. where you know Neville is you know but yeah yeah it's like not as impactful but yeah yeah, just Mm. a cry fest (laughs) yeah it was one of those where my face was just like screwed up like (laughs) It wasn't a simple tears falling. Like, no. <laughs> yep. yeah. Ugh. Um. Okay. Let's move on to things we enjoyed, things that changed that were good. Or that. Were um. Good. I think a good change is, and I like this didn't click for me any of the other times that I read this book, but in the book when the Bobaton 
um carriage arrives the horses are literally like straight from hell they have glowing red eyes and i'm like honestly thank god that they changed that because that would have been <laughs> terrifying <laughs> like, but like they're I, just like uh but they capped that they drank only single malt yes <laughs> which I love critical information yeah that is very and important I, yes <laughs> i did also love like going off of that i loved that like I didn't like that they took like Hagrid and Rita's like shenanigans like out of the movie and like learning the backstory of the giants and all mm-hmm. of that. But I mm-hmm. do like that they kept like they went forward with the like romance mm-hmm. with Hagrid like yeah. more than the yeah. book did. And yeah. I was like, that was very pleasant. And like yeah. he mm-hmm. like slams a fork into Professor yes. Slip. <laughs> like yes. right? and he sees her and I'm just like, wow. It's so it. good. <laughs> yeah. I also love the the two schools entrances into the great hall when Mm -hmm. they're introduced it's still one of my I think favorite moments from all of the movies it always Mm -hmm. just gets me so hyped for like the tournament and it's so good have you watched the deleted scene where they sing the Hogwarts song no (laughs) oh my gosh it is so funny i'll have to look it up and send you guys the link but there's a deleted scene where they have all the hogwarts students singing the like hogwards hogwards and it's so funny it's hilarious yes please oh man i'll have to send it to you please send. but um a moment that i love this movie which was very impactful for a young Cassie (laughs) is when Malfoy is just like up in the tree and then he jumps down all cool (laughs) I just like that that was a very important moment to me and like I've read a lot of fan fiction at this point and I'm like yeah Malfoy big fan that's where it all began yep I, I agree with like I remember and like when they're running away out of it doesn't happen in the movie but in the book when they are running away from you know the chaos and Draco shows up and he's like you gotta get mm-hmm. her out of here and he says like keep your big bushy head down Granger. I was like love love him That's love it. Yeah, I think yep. it's underlined in this book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but I yeah, Draco in this book starts to be like less gross, I guess. Uh, yeah, and in the movie, like he looks cute too. Right, it it helps that like Tom Felton was a little cutie, and yeah, <laughs> I just I love the behind the scenes video of him and Emma dancing together. It's uh, so cute. It's so, so cute. cute. I love it. Uh, Speaking of um. dancing, <laughs> I am obsessed and I'm so glad they put in the dance practice scene where McGonagall's teaching them all how to mm-hmm. like waltz or whatever for the Yule Ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, and when she gets Ron to come up and she's like, place your hand on my waist. And he's like, yo, what? <laughs> oh, it's so good. It really is. It's so funny. And then when Harry's like, yeah. you're never going to let him live this down. Are you? Never. The are like, never. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the Yule Ball. Like, I love the soundtrack, too. Yes. Um, like, when just, like, the outside dancing, it's so good. Like, kind of pop punky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, so, great. so good. 
Yeah, I, I, they totally nailed the Yule Ball. I felt like, yeah. like that whole. It was so great. And the the scene when Fred asks Angelina to oh, dance. That's like, yeah, that's like pretty similar in the book. It's just in the common room instead of in this weird right. study hall in the Great Hall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has to mime instead of ask. Yeah, <laughs> I I just I that that scene makes me laugh so much when Snape he just like pulls up yes. his sleeves <laughs> and then slams yeah. their heads into the books. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Like, See, Alan, I'm mm-hmm. not supposed to like you, but dang, it was <laughs> right, funny. Right. Oh, so Although this funny. does this does make me wonder, and I realize this in the book this time around too, who does George take to the ball? We never find out. I guess that's true. It never says because I wrote it. Katie down Bell. When I was reading. Right. A probably it's probably like Katie or Alicia. Yeah. Spin it. Spin it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was like, man. But it's weird because in like the actual Harry Potter world epilogue. Okay, so Fred and Angelina like kind of like have this thing, right. and then George marries Angelina in like the canon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's a bit weird. Maybe they <laughs> bonded over their grief. Yeah, yeah, they probably did. I've seen people say that, yeah. 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 It still just, like, catches me off guard when I yeah. think about it, but... Mm-hmm. It's, like, biblical, you have to marry your brother's wife. <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's, like, your Yule Ball date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Another thing I like is, so, in the book, Dobby is the one that gives Harry gillyweed. Mm-hmm. And I really like that in the movie, it's Neville that is the one that like tells him and gets him the gillyweed. I just think it's a really nice moment for Neville that yeah, you know. Yeah. He deserves. And, yeah. And Moody was going to give or Moody was hoping that Neville would tell him yeah. about it because Moody right. gave Neville the book. The book. So, mm-hmm. right. And that's all he was like if you would have just asked for help. Right. Yeah. That was good. Um, one thing that's probably a good change is that they took the blast-ended scroots out of the plot. Yeah. They would have been disgusting looking. I the terrifying, yeah. like night. I would still have nightmares, I think, if those were Absolutely. In there. <laughs> like ooh. and yeah. And then my all-time favorite thing that they added is the little scene with the trio at the end when Ugh. Hermione says everything's going to change now isn't it and harry's just like yes oh my babies and i I love love i love that he's not like like sad about it he's just like yeah it is with this idea that like if we're together like it's gonna be okay we'll make it through like oh Mm -hmm. it just kills me yeah and yeah. this this scene makes me think of a headcanon that I have that I was going to talk about later, but we're talking about it now, Doing so it now. I'm just going to throw it in there. Um, and this is one that I've seen a little bit of like other people saying too, and I think it's maybe more clear the way the movie is set up. But I think that after fourth year is when Hermione actually obliviated her parents and sent them to Australia. Because mm. we never like hear about her really going home after that. She's always with the order, mm-hmm. with the Weasleys. Like, mm-hmm. so I think she did it. Like, she's like, okay, Voldemort's back. Yeah. I'm with Harry till the end of this. I'm going to do this now. So I mm-hmm. think she did it literally when she was 15 at Ugh. the end of this year. Ugh. <laughs> I wow. Goosebumps. I have goosebumps right now. 
Yeah. And I f- I don't feel good. Yeah. Oh. Well, on on a um, <laughs> on a high note, to bring the mood down. <laughs> I loved Mo- so I loved sad. moaning Myrtle in the movie. <laughs> she is just she is she the best actress in this whole series because she might be maybe she was so she's not but she's so good and it just made me i also want i want to take a bath in that bathtub is what i really yeah yeah oh it was magical it's magical Mm -hmm. um okay we have a few questions cass you want to start start with yours (laughs) so this one i it really made me angry. In the book, the maze is specifically contained within the Quidditch pitch. They right. are very clear about saying that. In the movie, the maze stretches out over like a 10-mile span of <laughs> land. And I was like, what is happening? Like, why is it so big? And then also the maze is just like so much easier in the movie. Like, nothing happens nothing yeah there's no creatures mm-hmm. there's no sphinx oh the riddle part is so yeah. good uh, yeah. yeah the whole maze scene i'm just like why why did the, you do the this? weird wind and yeah the roots yeah, right, I don't know. yeah i don't know this is very like i mean i think we're gonna talk about this in the setting does the dragon die does the horntail die what <laughs> yeah. happens well michael and i were watching the movie and we we're just like what is going on it just like they he like the horn tail, she slightly tugs her chain. And then it and is off. And no one does anything. And I feel like right? in the book, they're like, we got this. Like if anything happens, like we are ready. We're there for you. Like, yeah, there's so many of us. And in the movie, they just take off and like ruin a bunch of like <laughs> like like groups. Like, what is going on? Like, I'm pretty Harry sure just, one like, of them was Dumbledore's office like I'm pretty sure the three were his and it's like no one and then they're like Harry's dead for like 10 minutes like they like don't even know no one's looking no one else is flying off it's so weird and also he was supposed (laughs) to be the one that did that task the fastest yeah Mm -hmm. so how does that work I hated that part in the movie so much it Oh, it just makes me so mad. Yeah. 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 Um, my other question is uh Wormtail chops his whole entire hand off and then is completely unbothered. Like, no, like yeah. he at first doesn't, it's like, hmm, and then it's fine. No whimpering, no like cradling it even. I was mm-hmm. just like, Are you kidding? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah. like, I like. It's no very sense. strange. It made no yeah. sense. I was like, "What? How? It's not hard to be like, oh my hand, my my loss of limb mm-hmm. <laughs> pains mm-hmm. me." <laughs> yeah, right. My big question is a question from the book, not the movie, because the scene does not exist in the movie. Mm-hmm. But in the book, at the end of the book, Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle come like confront the trio, and then the trio and Fred and George all jinx them at the same time, and they're mm-hmm. all like knocked out. And mm-hmm. it specifically says in the book that Ron, Harry, and George roll them away and like tuck them into another like carriage or whatever. What were Fred and Hermione doing? Oh. Because... 
Um, they were originally supposed to be Endgame. Hermione and Fred were originally going to end up together, and Ron was going to die. That's what the oh, original no. plan was, right? So I'm like, was this a little seed being planted? That's what my thought was because I was like, what were those two up to? This book Has Fred is now actually... also noticed. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this book is the book I started reading after this book. I started reading Hermione fan fiction and I feel like that like that little seed gave me permission <laughs> yes <laughs> it was like, absolutely this is it. and I think I was young enough like that like Germione wasn't really like I was into it but you know what I mean it was a little dark <laughs> but like Germione was all pretty fluffy <laughs> yes. it was before like you know the last book came out so it wasn't mm-hmm. as but yeah I, listen I we all love what a what good Germione <laughs> I know yeah. what I'm reading tonight. You should. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always been a, a Dramini girl. We know. So. We know. <laughs> we all know. We all know. Yeah. It just, it's so good. It's so yeah. good. It is really but. good. <laughs> we need to do like That's a fun. fanfic episode. I've been thinking that. We really do need to. Yeah. At the we end of all the Harry fanfic. Potters. Yeah, yes. that's a great idea. Yeah. That's such mm-hmm. a good idea. Uh, so we kind of talked about this already, the setting. The biggest thing is just the tasks, especially the first and third one, were just like mm-hmm. so out of proportion, so much more dramatic than or less dramatic, I guess, with the maze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Than yeah. how they were described in the book. So, you know, mm-hmm. a dragon is already terrifying. Like, why does it have to break free? Why is the maze so big? We know exactly what it's supposed to look like right why can't we do that (laughs) yep soundtrack style vibes i the opening music on this one is Mm. so good because like Mm -hmm. when the warner brothers logo comes up there's like Mm -hmm. this beat that uh it's just so good i really Mm -hmm. liked it but it's the vibes yeah the vibes overall kind of weird in this one yeah (laughs) some weird vibes going on but yeah it's not bad the color palette is starting to be really dark you know what I mean yes. like yeah I mean it's dark in prisoner but like I feel like it's but you've got hogsmeade still you've got <laughs> yeah yeah our favorite section <laughs> quotes and facts <laughs> yay <laughs> it's the best one all right let's let's get through this okay first one yeah, get out of the kitchen, Ron. Feet off the table. Feet, Feet off, off the, the table. table. <laughs> <laughs> I loved so it. And right after that, Harry, when he walks in, he just says, I love magic. Yes. And it just, oh, so cute. it was so cute. Because I'm like, yeah, me too, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I watched that and I was like, man, I wish I had a tent like that. That'd be awesome. Right? <laughs> and then, of course, Ron, he's not just an athlete. He's an artist. <laughs> and then isn't it Ginny that says, I think you're in love, Ron? Yes. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, um, the the classic moment. Um, two pumpkin pasties, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Joe. Oh, I love Joe. her. But... I love it. 
when the twins are trying to put their names into the Goblet of Fire and Hermione's sitting there and she says, it's not going to work. <laughs> I love that yes. part. I say it all the time. Anytime Tim is yes. like trying to do something and I'm like, that's clearly not going to work. That's not going to work. It's so good. It's just like so good. I love her. And I also love the story we heard in the reunion episode about Mike Newell, the director, how he was trying to get the <laughs> twins to like really rough house. And so he was like, come on, I'll do it. And I forget which one it was, but like literally broke Mike Newell's ribs <laughs> <laughs> showing them how to wrestle, like how he wanted them to wrestle. And I'm just like, that is dedication right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. man. All right, and then the, the classic. We all have to say this one together. Okay. Ooh, can we are do we, it? Are we ready? Yeah. Can we count down? Did you oh, enter my window? Window? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just like uh, he, Dumbledore said calmly. <laughs> said yeah, calmly. Oh, it's man. so good. It's so bad. And it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's like holding Harry's like lapel, like robes. Oh man. Yes. <laughs> Did you have an older student action. put it in for you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Which so is good. like, would that have worked? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. You would think that the goblet would be smarter than that, but yeah. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. Um, when Barty Crouch is handing out the dragons, and who was it? Was it Victor Crumb who picked this one? I don't remember. Or was it, it might have been Cedric. And he goes, the Chinese fireball. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> like, what is this? Yes. And then when the dragon, like, breaks free and starts flying away after Harry, one of the twins goes, well done, dragon! <laughs> <laughs> chaos it's so funny (laughs) but that part in the book there's a really really beautiful part where harry calls his firebolt to him Mm -hmm. and as soon he's like terrified and then when he leaves the the ground when he takes off he says that he left all his fear behind and it's just like oh harry brave little boy yeah Mm -hmm. there's um, another part in the book where Rita Skeeter is asking to have a word and Harry goes, <laughs> an appearance of sassy Harry. Yeah, you can have a word. Goodbye. Yeah. Talk <laughs> so to the good. hand. Oh, but, um, oh, do you want me to do my less fun one? Oh, this one killed me. I, I'm always bringing the mood down, you know, <laughs> but there's a part in the book where one of the twins, and I tried to find it, I think it's Fred, but I'm not sure, but one of the twins says, Percy wouldn't recognize a joke if it danced naked in front of him wearing Dobby's tea cozy, which is like, in the moment, funny. Funny. But then, when you also think of book seven and what happens, and then literally one of the last things that we hear Fred Weasley say is, Percy, did you just tell a joke? Mm. And it just hurts me so, it's just like a little connection that i never really noticed before but it was absolutely devastating this time it's so sad you chose violence and i don't appreciate it (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry sorry. during the dance scene 
And McGonagall's like, everyone's going to learn how to dance. You're going to do so well. I won't have Gryffindor looking like a babbling, bubbling band of buffoons. Say that five times fast. And then they yeah, do it. Bubbling, like you Oh, Fred and George. Oh. Um, oh, one, I already mentioned this one, but when Ron says, Hermione, you're a girl. And she goes, a well-spotted Ronald. <laughs> Ronald. <laughs> Which is in the book and the movie. Yeah. In the book, she says Ronald. In the movie, she's just like, oh, well-spotted. I think, or maybe it's the other way around. She does call know. him Ronald a lot in the movie as well, which I appreciated. I love it. I love yeah, it. I do too. <laughs> Another great Hermione moment is when Malfoy is like accosting them. He's like, someone asked that thing to the ball, talking about Hermione. And she goes, hello, Professor Moody. <laughs> and and Malfoy freaks like, out. Freaks out. Yeah. And she goes, twitchy little ferret aren't you Malfoy and this oh, is really where so the Hermione kicks in and I'm like <laughs> inject it straight into my veins <laughs> oh man oh gosh <laughs> and then this is really like one of my last ones from the book but <laughs> I still can't work out how you two got the best looking girls in the year muttered Dean animal magnetism <laughs> said Ron gloomily <laughs> oh gosh i love when after neville gives harry the gillyweed and moody pushes him into the lake and they like can't see him and he's not coming up and neville turns around and he goes oh my god i've killed harry potter (laughs) oh i laughed so hard and like cedric's little wave like what is that when he waves don't know oh so gosh and then i don't remember when ron says that is it after is it when he's telling them about asking floor to the ball yeah they're like what came over you he goes you know how i like when they walk (laughs) he's an ass man he's an ass man 100 (laughs) percent oh and then the classic I smell like my great aunt Tessie. <laughs> classic, classic. Oh, it's so good. Oh, uh-huh. this was one in the book that Jim Dale is so talented because he's reading it and he's talking about when they're making the potion thing to bring Voldemort back. And he, when <gasps> Wormtail drops the bundle in and he goes, there was a hiss and it vanished below the surface and i just like got chills i was like jim jim what are you doing to me (laughs) top top tier so good and i did not realize how creepy his voldemort voice was gonna be i was like i know so creepy i know and then the the last part from the movie that i wrote down because we already talked about that everything's going to change but the part is when at the end voldemort's torturing harry and the way that he says crucio is so weird he's like crucio like, what is he doing did you notice that it's so weird and it's like also the motion that he does is very yes. like ballerina or like i don't know yes it's yeah, just the whole... like very strange <laughs> i just want to say again about that everything's going to change now isn't it that just Everyone needs a friend who's going to be honest with you about what's happening. Mm-hmm. And Harry yep. is that. And I just love him so much for it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, 
Hermione needs to be like told that that like yep mm-hmm. this is happening oh it's so good I just I love the trio's friendship so much like it means so much to me <laughs> I know uh, yeah mm, it's so good well we recommend that you read and watch these yeah potentially as separate forms <laughs> of art <laughs> quite Um, different (laughs) but definitely read to get that fuller picture and complexity and all of the nuances of this world that you don't get in the movie because it really just adds so much more to to the story and to the world so Yeah, yeah definitely on our next episode in two weeks time we will be discussing a fave of ours my favorite book of all time which is really exciting we'll be talking about Pride and Prejudice. Probably. In a fortnight. (laughs) Yes, in a fortnight. (laughs) Definitely the 2005 movie. Yes. Possibly. If Cass can get her ish together. Yes. If I can get my butt in gear, we will also be talking about the BBC miniseries, which I really want to because I've never seen it. And everyone keeps yelling at me. (laughs) Me. I am yelling at her constantly. (laughs) Literally constantly. So. I will do oh, it. Man. I promise. I'll I'll do it. Okay. okay. I got time okay. to get it done. I can do. do it. I can do, do it. I can do it. Okay. Do it. I'll do it. I'm Allison, super excited. Thanks so much for joining us yeah. today. It was Thank so you fun. Guys. It was so fun. I had a great time. I have a lot of feelings about this and the the book versus the movie. So yeah. glad to have someone here. Except for me just like <laughs> yelling at Michael. Like I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly therapy. Yes, definitely. (laughs) In the meantime, while you're waiting for our next episode to come out, you can follow us on Instagram at the red carpet pod. You can follow all three of us on bookstagram. I'm at fictional cast. Matt is at reading rainbow and Allison is at the bookish farmer. And also we have an email address. If you would like to send us suggestions, episodes you'd like to see us do, fan casts, adaptations you want to see, send us an old email at the red carpet pod at gmail.com. And also give us a little review, rate, review, subscribe, follow all the jazzy little podcast things. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. So that's all for today. Thank you again, Allison, for coming on. It was a blast. XOXO, Matt and Cass and Allison. Bye.